Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to episode 124 of the Marathon Running Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about what to do when your running training plan gets interrupted. This is the Marathon Running Podcast by Letty and Ryan from We Got The Runs. Join us in our running community for weekly content that is motivational, educational, and inspirational and let the marathon running podcast take you from the starting line to the finish line and beyond hey runners and hey co-host ryan how is it going that's a loaded question to ask this week we have a lot of cleanup to do so we're Ryan and Letty. We host a weekly marathon running podcast and we happen to live in Fort Myers, which if you haven't heard about Fort Myers before, you might know about it now because our city has been on the news, Fort Myers Beach and Sanibel Island. And, you know, literally there was a category for hurricane that went through our city. So basically we got a, how much, it was like seven foot storm surge. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, our house, our, 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 um, Land is supposed to be at seven feet, but our house is at least a foot higher. So it must have been like an eight to nine foot storm surge. Everything was flooded all the way from our dock up to our house. There was a jet ski next to our pool cage, which, you know, we know who the owners are, luckily. But, you know, those are heavy things that are hard to move. Yeah, I don't know how the jet ski is going to get out of here yet. But um, yeah, basically our house was like an island in the sea. That's crazy. And it's all salt water, so... So, yeah, corrosion will happen eventually. But yeah. so what happened was we got hit direct. Our city got hit directly by a hurricane. We fled or we evacuated in the morning, drove over to the other coast of Florida, packed up my parents and my dog, unfortunately left behind the fish tank with a bubbler. That's a whole different story. And watched the news and watched Hurricane Ian approach the city as it went over it. And then. We were in touch with a lot of people from our community, from our neighborhood, who had to flee the house because they get water in their homes. Um, and of course, Fort Myers Beach and Sanibel were wiped out. Uh, the Sanibel Bridge is gone. So it's a, it's a, you know, one of the hardest hits of a hurricane that has ever happened in the United States. It was a very large storm. It was actually slightly smaller than Hurricane Irma, but Hurricane Irma hit far enough south that the majority of the havoc was created in the Everglades where there wasn't any people. And this one just hit slightly north, not even that much. But the winds were onshore for a long period of time, which pushed all this water up the Caloosahatchee River and over Fort Myers Beach and Sanibel, which were both like completely covered in water for a period of time. And the water just causes like immense amounts of damage. The wind did too, but the water mostly. And it was like, you know, right now just driving around, I, I would say majority of the stoplights are either hanging in the middle of the street, like where you can't go even underneath them. You have to drive around them. 
and there was trees all over down and some of the streets were flooded you just had to find we had to like pick our way back to our house even trying to find a street that wasn't flooded we yeah. still have no power we're running a generator right now to to give you guys a weekly podcast because we're committed <laughs> No, unfortunately, a lot of people did really bad. I mean, we fortunately, we fortunately didn't do too bad. I mean, we took, like, uh, you know, with hurricanes, it's, I always tell people, you know, it is kind of nice in the sense that, like, you know it days ahead of time, and they tell you um, to evacuate even. And they did say for everyone in the area that got flooded, that major flooding happened, they told people to evacuate. And a lot of people... You know, Hurricane Irma, like I said, which is a prior one that was slightly larger even, hit just south of where they expected and the effects were very mild and they predicted bad effects could happen. And unfortunately, I think people sometimes use the short-term memory and the memory of that and extrapolate into every situation. It's not the case. And and this is an example of that, like everything just, um, you know, hit in a more perfect pattern where it caused a lot of destruction i hope i don't we don't even know how many people died or anything i mean and sure the news because we, we don't even have access to a lot of news as easily our internet service is spotty and other stuff but they did tell us to evacuate and we did because we have little kids and we were perfectly fine fortunately our house is needs some work but it's okay yeah so yeah i mean the county didn't send the emergency evacuation notices until the day before, which they, in retrospect, said they should have done it beforehand. I read that on the news. And so you worked the day before the hurricane till one o'clock. And then you came home and tried to put up the hurricane shutters, which are just window protectors uh, because of the winds. And we didn't even have all the shutters. And then what else did we do to prepare the house? Yeah, like I, you know... We kind of secured as much as we could the things we could and took down awnings. I took basically everything out of my yard and stuck it in the house because anything can become like a, a flying object and destroy other structures. So I took everything that was like lightweight or could potentially be moved by wind. And yeah. Moved it inside. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's hard. I think I, you know, I sympathize with the, the people trying to forecast this too because they say, oh, they should have done it earlier. I mean, retrospect, it's really easy to say I should have done it earlier, but you know, they predicted the storm was going to go and devastate Tampa area or Sarasota. And then it kind of like switched last minute or, you know, and so it was within the cone of uncertainty that they used for trying to, to tell people where storms are going to hit. It seems like, but, um, you know, it didn't seem like, you know, it was supposedly predicting to go more north. So I don't know. I mean, it's a fine line between over like emphasizing a disaster and then under delivering, which like kind of happened with Irma versus yeah. keeping people safe. You know, you tell people, oh, everyone in the state of Florida evacuate and then everyone's like, well, my house was fine and nothing happened. Then next time they won't believe you. It's like crying wolf. Well, so and they I do cry wolf on our news a lot. We hear a lot of, I mean, we do have a, hur a lot of hurricanes. There's always the news anchors wearing the little helmets and the rain outside and leaning over. Um, so, so it is, it is, it is kind of one of those. And same with Irma. Irma, like you said, turned the other way 
right before it happened. And so there was very minimal damage. And so, of course, people are like, well, why did I close down? my?" Kind of like with the pandemic, right? You tell people you got to close down the businesses and then that's not good. But if you do get sick, then that's not good either. So, um, yeah, I, I guess I agree. So while you were taking in all the stuff that was loose in the yard and tying up the boat, I was trying to collect our valuables. And I realized we don't really have that many valuables. I packed up passports and our important paperwork. And then I made sure to put my alpha flies on the top shelf because I don't want those puppies to get wet. <laughs> yeah, so that segues us into what the podcast is about, which is running. And so, Letty, you want to like talk about running or ways in which your running can get disrupted? Yeah, so... You know, we're in the middle of training for our fall and winter marathons, and then something like this happened. It could be a hurricane, which is not, I guess, as common, um, you know, depending on where you live in the world, but also little running injuries or family emergencies. There's a lot of reasons why sometimes you really can't follow your training plan. For us right now with the hurricane, it's that there's a lot of debris in the streets. So that makes it super hard to run on the sidewalks, meaning you have to run in the streets. So normally the best time to run in the streets is in the morning. But since the power is out, now you also can't see. So that's one of the reasons how your running can get interrupted. Another reason is you have a bunch of stuff to fix and there is no other time. So we're just dealing with having to do stuff while we have daylight. Um, so we don't have much time to spare. Also, if you don't have running water, it makes it hard to run and then take a shower afterwards, which you probably want to do. But at the same time, you, wanna, you don't want to be all sweaty all day long. <laughs> so for whatever reason, your running might get interrupted. Um you know, sometimes it is good to try to fit in time for that run, you know, whether it be, say, with the hurricane, it can be a stressful situation and having some normalcy is somewhat nice sometimes. Um, you have a friend down the street from us that actually had their house, like water in their house. So basically, houses are not meant to have water on the inside and if you soak the whole inside like you got to think with the hurricane everything was above you know the baseboards maybe a foot or so into the house all that gets soaked and there's really no way for it to get dry and the people have carpet and other stuff too so you have to rip all the carpet out you have to take off all the baseboards and you have to cut all the drywall out so that potentially the frame of the house can dry and it can salvage it um, which is you know a lot of stress and a big deal and so your friend, she went running? She went running. So sure house is in terrible shape, but she still went running. And I think that's a good thing for the psych, you know, psyche. Psychologically, you can have some normalcy in your otherwise life that's been up disrupted. And running, and we've talked about it in the past, but like the psychological benefits of running. But that can be a big, big benefit too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of us do run. Well, first we run because of fitness, but then we realize that when we do run, it's really good for our mental health. Um, we do it because it's a stress relief. We do it because it's our outlet. And while someone questioned me a couple of days ago, why are you running when there's so much stuff to do? It's because that's how I keep my cool. It's, you know, what I need to do 
to be the best person. It's like when the pandemic happened and I was being mommy 24 seven to tiny, to two tiny little toddlers. That was the way of me to be calm throughout the day because it's something I need. It's your time on your own and you run and then I feel like you can be a better person. And, and same with this. You don't run to the point of exhaustion where, you know, later on you can't do any work around the house, but just do your run and then that way you're, you're in a better mental place. And so if you're like, have a more minor disruption rather than a massive hurricane, but you're doing a running training program or, or something like that, I mean, what are some ways maybe you can get back on track? I feel like the best way of doing it is treating it like a little minor injury, kind of like, you know, where you have an injury that doesn't require you to put in too much rest time. But when you just feel something coming on and then you stop running for a little bit and then you kind of get back into it in that same way where you ease back into it. Obviously, you don't have to pay as much attention to an injury because you don't have any but you start a little bit slower to make sure you're not overdoing it and then just ease into it. Yeah, I think that's a good analogy. <laughs> Basically, it's funny. You treat it like an injury to prevent an injury. Exactly. Yeah, but that, that makes sense. Yeah. And then another thing you can do is also, if and something you had mentioned, um, if you are lucky enough to have a running coach, talk to them about it, tell them what happened and make sure they're on board with you. So then that way you don't even have to really think about it because they can just take that into consideration as they write your training plan for the next um, couple of days. Another thing that's super important is also to let them know, hey, look, I'm running, but I probably can't run in the same way as I have before because there's debris everywhere and um, I don't have any light. So just be careful when you're running out there uh, you know, to make sure you don't injure yourself. And, and again, that's, that's only <laughs> applicable for, uh, natural disaster zones. <laughs> yeah. And I think all this stuff is pretty logical, but it's like when you, you need, everyone's a little different, but when you're running and especially when you're pushing yourself at sometimes it's like easy to find excuses of why not to do it. And so I think that having this reminder or just, having like ways in which you can re-enter your training program or other stuff will help, you know, eliminate some of those excuses or maybe hopefully prevent you to prevent you from just stopping running and, and ruining say your marathon experience or other things. Yeah. And I think what you said earlier was probably the most important point is when you mentioned to run because to have some kind of normalcy and have your routine because even though things are not going to be the same in many, many ways right now, having your running and your marathon to look forward to and your training plan as that one thing that is consistent throughout your life might actually really benefit you by in getting back into the swing of things. Because that's something that is yours. That's something that you're investing time in. And at the same time, I would say relax about it because if you've trained hard, for your entire training program, you followed everything, followed everything to the T, then I don't feel like it really matters if you have a week or so where things are not normal, where you're not hitting your speed work and, and you don't have time to do it. It's probably not really going to affect your running that much. Yeah. I think, um, also with a lot of things, it's kind of interesting because, you know, you think maybe you're tired from other stuff. 
and then running makes you more tired but at the same time running increases your conditioning which allows you to have more energy so it's always a balance and if you give up like and you don't just say oh i just can't do it i'll run you might not have enough or you might not have that much energy for other things either so it's almost counterproductive or counterintuitive i guess you think oh if i stop running i'll have more energy for other things but then you're maybe not physically as fit which then gives you less energy actually overall than if you just would have ran i feel like that's totally on point and i feel like I'm kind of reaping the benefits of running right now as we're doing yard work for the whole day out in the sun. I feel like if I wasn't a runner and used to this heat, I wouldn't really be able to sustain it and continue doing it. But we're literally doing it. And people walking by our yard, which is a war zone, ask us, oh, you guys don't stop. But I don't really feel fatigued. And I feel like we're used to always being outside and, you know, pushing ourselves. So now we're doing it without really putting in a lot of... um you know, speed anything. We're we're not working very high cardio. We're just working hard. We're still sweating like little peas, but <laughs> I feel like it really helps. <laughs> little peas sweat? I don't know. They always say sweat like a pig, but I guess pigs don't really Oh, you sweat. said pigs. I thought you said peas. Oh, no, pigs. <laughs> I said pigs. Sweating like little pigs? Yeah. I heard they always say sweat like a pig, but they don't realize like pigs actually die of heart attacks because they don't sweat through their skin. I didn't ever heard that statement, but maybe it's the... You always come up with these weird ones that I think maybe are translated from German. Is that one translated from German? Sweat like a pig? Yeah. yeah. I think I learned that in America, Ryan. Okay. <laughs> it should be a thing. Anyway. Yeah. So that's our few pointers for, um, you know, this week. Hopefully we'll be able to somehow magically upload this podcast with <laughs> this crazy internet. And right now it's back outside for us to work. We'll post some pictures of our beautiful yard and brown pool. We'll post it um, on our Instagram, which you can find as running podcast at running podcast. And anything else, Ryan, you'd like to add? What can people do to help the uh, Floridian communities? Look online. I'm sure there's a lot of good resources on where to donate or anything else. I mean, people people can always donate. You know, there's lots of things. Like, people need generators and food and water and all this or sorts of other stuff. But there's good channels to go through, like, you know, probably American Red Cross or, you know, other stuff, Salvation Army, things like that. So, with that said, anything else from you, Ryan? Have a good week of running. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, head to www.runningpodcast.us. And as always, have a great week of running.